Allah that I know knows the wisdom and the hikmah of why this has been blessed with such a great virtue. How long does it take to recite Surah Takasu? Nabi Islam is giving this virtue for the recitation of this surah, such a short surah, doesn't even take half a minute to recite. So such a short surah, half a minute will take to recite, and the equivalent of reciting 1000 eyes of the Quran Sharif, there has to be something in it. So what is in it? Allah alone knows the reality, but this apparently is so that a person will recite this Quran Sharif, this surah of the Quran Sharif and recite, and keep reminding himself of the message of the Surah. Because we are naturally wanting to acquire more. Now either the acquiring of more is only confined to dunya, or a person, his mind now moves towards akhirat, now he wants to acquire more to akhirat also. So he hears this great virtue, the recitation of the short Surah is equivalent to the recitation of 1000 ayats. So inshallah he will recite it every night because it takes no time, no effort, nothing spent, no money that he has to expend out of this, his pocket. So what an easy way to get such great amount of rewards. And these rewards, we talk about rewards, this reward and that reward. We can never appreciate what is this reward in dunya. While our eyes are open and while we can still see rands and cents, we can still see dollars and pounds, we will never appreciate what is the value of rewards. But when the person's eyes close, and now is only the time of what he has taken along. When a person passes away, everything else gets left behind. He is now himself, his imam and his amal, his deeds. At that time a person will understand what is the value of one reward. And on the day of Qiyamah, Allah forbid, when a person has now been called up and with all the mountains of reward has come, at the same time he has come with various problems and various debits to his account. He has harmed somebody, swallowed somebody, he has been speaking ill of people, making rebirth, he has usurped somebody's wealth, he has done somebody down in some way. All these people will come and claim on the day of Qiyamah. And that day there is no ransom sense to pay anybody. That day will be the currency of rewards. That day will be the currency of sawab and deeds. And people will be dished out all his good deeds in lieu of whatever they were wronged in dunya. On that day a person will understand what is the value of rewards. What is the meaning and what is the value of one sawab, one hasana. So, Rasulullah has given us this virtue, Allah has blessed the surah with this virtue, so that we will recite it every night, we will acquire this reward, but at the same time we will take the message of the surah every night. So in this surah Allah says, Al-Hakumut Takasur. Takasur, one meaning of Takasur, Abdullah bin Abbas explains, is the amassing of dunya person amassing wealth. And the word takasur has another meaning as well. Both these meanings apply. That vying with one another, boasting, competing with one another for dunya. Allah says, Al-Hakumut Takasur. That this competing with one another for dunya, or this greed of amassing dunya, 
and harmful. It has made you neglectful. Allah Ta'ala said to us, it has made you neglectful. It has made you unmindful. Neglectful, unmindful of what? Of the reality is. The dunya is a very, very temporary place. The akhirat is the reality. The dunya is a passing phase. The akhirat is an everlasting place. Dunya is the planting field. The akhirat is here, the thorns of it will catch him in akhirat. Dunya is the place that a person will plant. Akhirat is the place where he will harvest. So this reality, dunya is a thing that a person who doesn't understand the reality of dunya will make him neglectful, make him unmindful. It make him forget, forget what? The start of good is make him forget Allah. Allah. For example, it is now time for salah, but the preoccupation in dunya has become such that that salah now is being put aside later. Let's now just attend to dunya first. So now this dunya has become al-hazmu It has become a means of making a person neglectful. Very neglectful of Allah. It's a time to pay his zakat. The funds are there, it's available, and he has to make it. But now suddenly at that time something else, lucrative has come up. This is all later, let's just solve this out now. We'll make a turn this quickly, then we'll pay for that later. We'll pay for the zakat later. Now this is making him unmindful of another. The time for Hajj has come. The person has the means and Hajj is first upon him. And there is no obstacle. But he's not making any attempt to try and move towards Hajj. And this is becoming a barrier. This is Al-Hatam of the Kafir. So it will make him forget Allah. Then, if he doesn't have the reality in front of him, it will make him forget his near and dear ones. Sometimes a person gets so engrossed in dunya that it happens at the cost of his family. Whereas the dunya was supposed to be a means of enhancing his being, a means of making his family happy. But the dunya becomes so overwhelming that the family gets left aside for the sake of dunya. And at the end of the day, what has the person achieved? He's achieved just a whole massing of wealth, but no life. That wealth was supposed to be a means, it was supposed to be a vehicle to take him to a destination. The destination was meant to be that fine, he'll enjoy the comforts of life, maybe. He'll have a more comfortable life. Allah hasn't forgotten that. In a halal way, he's acquired something, and he's using it for his own comfort, for the comfort of his family, well and good. Then to spend on the servants of another, to help the poor, the needy, the orphans, the widows, to help those who are in circumstances that are, they are in suffering. This is what this was meant for. It was meant to now make him earn the akhirah. But instead of this being a vehicle to get to the destination, this became the destination itself. This became the destination and now a person is just engrossed in like a person now is supposed to make wudu in order to perform salah. Now he's just going on making wudu upon wudu. 
The time of Salah is moving on. The Salah came and went, he's still making wudu. Never going to get anywhere. So Allah is saying, Alhamdulillah, it makes a person now forget others. Then it makes him forget himself also. They forgot Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala made them forget themselves. Person forgot who he is, he's a servant of Allah Ta'ala, so he's supposed to conduct himself in a way that Allah Ta'ala becomes pleased and happy. So now, instead of doing that, the acquisition of dunya makes him do anything and anything, even if Allah Ta'ala's azab comes, he's not concerned. Whether it means cheating somebody, defrauding someone, whether taking somebody's right, whatever it is, but however it comes, it must come. Whereas earning dunya is not forbidden. But within the limits that Allah Ta'ala has placed upon us, we are primarily the servants of Allah Ta'ala. So this is dunya. And dunya is not confined to wealth. The term dunya is not confined to money. Dunya is everything Al-dunya mallani al-hadka anil-akhirah The same word al-hakum Dunya is everything that makes a person neglectful of akhirah And if it is not something that is making him neglectful then that is a means of gaining akhirah So sometimes it's wealth Sometimes it's the ego Sometimes it's the crave for power The crave for recognition all these things now make a person do things that go totally against being, against the commands of Allah Taala, in order to gain that recognition, to gain that power, to gain that domination, to gain whatever, and people will, depending on what the situation may be, other people's lives will go, just so that I can get what I want. Allah is saying, Al-Hakumut This the castle, this amassing of dunya and this competing with one another in dunya, that person has got something, I have to have something better. That person is driving this kind of vehicle, I have to drive something better. That person has made his house like this, I got to make it something better. He had his wedding, his son's wedding in a certain way, so my son's wedding is coming up, I will show I can do it even better. But that better is in very big inverted commas. That better is 99% of the time worse. Because I have to now entertain people in a more dramatic way. So now, to entertain people, people, how do we entertain them? So generally the entertainment is haram. So now he entertains them in some way, I will entertain them in a more dramatic way. So it will be more haram. So this is dunya. Al-Hakumut Takafu. This is also part of dunya. Now that recognition that I had my son's wedding in a certain way, everybody was very impressed. This dunya, this is al-hakumut takasur, this tafakur, this vying with one another, competing with one another, and this is not something that is only confined to a certain level when a person has reached a certain level of wealth or a certain position in society. It can happen at any level. A person will compete within his own level, and that too makes him get involved in haram. So the issue is to turn the attention totally to Allah Ta'ala. You will live in dunya. Dunya is that water on which the ship has to sail. 
Without the water, the ship cannot sail. So the ship will sail the water. But the water has to stay under the ship. Allah gives us example of dunya that it is like the waters of the ocean. And this insan is like a ship. To sail, he needs this water. But if this water stays under him, then it will benefit him. It will allow him to sail through. But no sooner does this water start coming into it, into the ship, in sinking. The dunya comes into the heart, in sinking the person. And this just continues, continues to when the person doesn't make amends, doesn't take heed, it continues, until you visit the graves. Visiting the graves, the Mufassirin explains, refers to, Hatta yakhiya kumul until finally death comes. The person just continues in that cycle and finally the time has come to leave everything and move on. The Beast Pastor says, Adama Mali Mali. This son of Adam is around, in town, is all the time saying, My wealth and my wealth and this is mine and that is mine, that belongs to me and that belongs to me. And the Beast Pastor asks, Mahanta come in Mali. Does anything really belong to you? Except that which you have eaten and caused it to perish. So that's gone. That was yours. Oh, you wore it and wore it. Wore it off. That was yours, you used it. Oh, what you gave in good causes and moved it on. You passed it offshore. Offshore to the Akhirat. We invested it in Akhirat by putting it into charitable causes, in the cause of Deen, in helping the poor, in helping the needy, in helping the destitute, in doing other good works, which become a means of Sadaqah Jariya. So that now has become your also. And then you want to divide the Mishnah and say, Bamasiwa Gadik, Whatever is beside these three things, then he is soon going to leave and leave everything behind for others. Then others will either use it, sometimes they use it. So, Nabi Islam is given us the direction to focus towards the Akhirat and to be preparing for the Akhirat. Hatta yaqtayakumul mawk, hatta azurkumul maqabir, until death. And this death, this remembrance of death, this is what is being told to us here. That remember this, this is coming. And a person who has this consciousness, who has death in front of him, then he will be able to conduct himself in dunya in the right way. Otherwise, he will get so involved in dunya that by the time he knows his time has passed. Imam Ghazali, he gives an example, his time of Hajj, so he gives an example of Hajj also. He says the example of a person going for Hajj. And those days you would travel by some animal, some horse, or camel, or whatever. So now he's waiting for hunts, so he stopped. And he is feeding the animal, grazing it, and he's washing the animal, and he is now pampering it in so many different ways, and all that is carrying on. And in the meantime, the caravan has moved on. But 
Now he is still feeding that animal and he is washing it and shining it and polishing it and pampering it. And he is not looking at what's going on, that the caravans have all gone down. And he is left alone in the desert. And very soon he is going to be left alone to the wild animals. And by the time now he's decided that let me now start moving on, the time of has passed. So the person who is truly intent on going on Hajj, he will also stop to feed the animal. But if I did, he's eaten its necessity, how much is required, he's given it some water to drink, time is up now, the caravan is moving, he's moving. So by the time it is time for Hajj, he's already there. And he has fulfilled what he is objective was. So likewise in Sam, he is this, on this journey and his destination is the Akhirat and the time is ticking. Now he engages himself to the extent of his necessity in dunya and he will have time for his objective, he will reach in time. But he became immersed in his necessities and his fulfilling objective. This is the example now the gives that a person needs to keep his eye on his destination. So Nabi Islam says, That very soon you will know what is the reality. Never, never the world is not something to make to get involved in so deeply that it makes one neglectful. It makes one lose contentment. It makes one lose that satisfaction because this became the objective itself. Latif ibn Sabirah he came as part of a delegation to Rasulullah. He came, a lengthy incident. But in any case, Nabi Sallallahu came a little while later, so he met them and quite immediately, did you have anything to eat? They had already been fed. So they said, yes, we have eaten. And he came some short while later and they were still sitting with him. So the shepherd came along and he came with some little lamb that had just been born. So the beast asked him, asked him what has been born, male, female, so he explained. He said, okay now, you slaughter another one in place of this. You slaughter one animal in place of this. So after having said that, the beast asked him, turned to Lakhid bin Sabira and the others that were there with him, the rest of his companions. That Perhaps they may think that now because we have come, now Nabi Islam is now giving this order to now slaughter one animal, we are becoming maybe a little bit of a burden now, we are going to be staying so long. So Nabi Islam turned to them and said, look, we didn't slaughter this because of you. You are here, this is our responsibility, we will look after our guests. But don't feel that you are becoming any burden to us. Then Nabi Islam explained that we have a flock of hundred sheep. Now this is something that was for the purpose of entertaining these guests that used to keep coming, these delegations that will come one after the other, so that there is something available all the time, otherwise the guest has come, and if there is nothing available, it's difficult. So when later on in time, when places were now under the Muslim rule, a lot of booty was coming in, this was at that time. So Nabi Islam is saying, we've got a flock of hundreds. And as soon as one additional animal is born, we immediately slaughter one because we don't want it to go beyond 100. That is the rule. That is the feeling. So because this now 
one animal has been born, one lamb has been born, so therefore now we are still keeping the number at 100. This is the ceiling. Now if we consider within ourselves, irrespective of whether a person has 5 or 50 or 5 million or whatever amount, do we ever have a ceiling? There is never a ceiling. It is always, is there anything more? What more can be acquired? The Islam is teaching us this, that there has to be a ceiling somewhere. And then what after the ceiling, but now things are still coming, the cause of being is forever there, and there is always this investment of the Akhirah waiting. The poor media are always there, the destitute are always there, those who have lesser means are always there waiting for something. But there is some ceiling, there is some place where things stop. Now this is the lesson that is being given to us in this. When a person has this some kind of ceiling in his mind, in his heart, then you will be able to focus on the Focus towards the Akhirah. So, in this Surah Allah Allah is saying, this continues. حَتَّى زُرْتُمُ الْمَقَابِرِ كَلَّا سَوْفَ تَعْلَمُونَ ثُمَّ كَلَّا سَوْفَ تَعْلَمُونَ كَلَّا لَوْ تَعْلَمُونَ عِلْمَ الْيَقِينَ لَتَرَوُنَّ الْجَحِينَ ثُمَّ لَتَرَوُنَّهَا عَيْنَ الْيَقِينَ All these ayat, Allah Ta'ala is saying that day will soon come. And it will come suddenly, where you will see the reality with your own eyes. You will see even the blazing fire of Jahannam with your own eyes. That means things are sounding like fairy tales in dunya. Many people unfortunately put forward these kind of ideologies. Jannat and Jahannam are just a state of the mind, now in Allah. It is not something that is real, it is not a reality, it is a state of the mind, like a person is sleeping, is dreaming. So somebody is dreaming that he is now the king, and he is now enjoying all the uh, great uh, luxury and comfort of the king, and he has got this huge palace, and whatever else, and he is sleeping on this comfortable bed, and at the end of the night, suddenly his eyes open, he finds he is where he is, he hasn't gone anywhere, he is still in his simple room. So he got just a dream. And somebody else is having a nightmare and he is clearly tossing and turning in the nightmare, which all suddenly, this kind of things are totally against numerous ayat of the Quran and numerous ahadis of Rasulullah, where the bounties of, of Jannat have been described in detail and how the Jannatis will experience these numbers. In the hadith of Qudsi, Nabi Salaam says that Allah says, I have prepared for my pious servants. Those who don't get caught up in that dunya. Those who use dunya. But they don't have dunya in them. They are in the dunya. And they use the dunya. But the dunya doesn't enslave them. So such people who are obedient to me. Allah Ta'ala says, أَعَدَتُّ الْعِبَادِيَ الصَّالِحِينَ مَا لَعِينُ الْرَأْتِ Which no eye has seen. وَلَا أُحُنُنْ سَمِعَتْ No ear has heard of. وَلَا خَطَرَ عَلَى قَلْبِ بَشَرْ which no heart can even imagine. Nobody, no matter how he lets his imagination run. Imagination, what can stop the imagination? But at a point the imagination also will fail. Because the person can only imagine something that he can relate to. And Akhirat and Jannat is beyond what he has seen. Beyond everything that dunya can ever show him. How can he ever imagine what is Akhirat? So this is a reality. So one day will come and a person will see this reality. And then Allah says on that day of Qiyamah, but on the one side you see Jannah, on the other side you see Jahannam. 
ثم لا تسألن يوم إذن عن النعيم لا تلسيت الدهدي you'll be questioned about the ni'mat that the bounty that you are blessed with every ni'mat, every bounty that Allah has blessed us with yeah, innumerable bounties person can never count the bounties of Allah Ta'ala وَإِن تَعُدُّوا نِعْمَةَ اللَّهِ لَا تُحْسُوهَا if you try to count the bounties of Allah Ta'ala you will never be able to do so let alone count all the bounties count the benefits of one ni'mat that too is innumerable just the benefit of the eye. How many innumerable benefits are in this one ni'mat? How many things he uses his eye to see? And what would he learn by means of what he sees? And all the things that he manages to do so easily because he can see. And if he didn't have that bounty and ni'mat of eye, how many things would be close to him? But insan is, how ungrateful this insan is that that eye which is such a great ni'mat to just understand and appreciate this ni'mat sometimes person just close his eye close both his eyes and try to now work out how can he go about with life he needs to now just go to the toilet suddenly he's lost his sight of that over now he needs to make his way to the toilet and there's nobody there to help him and he's just suddenly lost his sight only the person now has learned how to go about things <coughs> in time and what, a, what a state he would be just this eye, one ni'mat. But how grateful, ungrateful this insan is. This great bounty of Allah Ta'ala. Things that Allah Ta'ala has forgotten him, that is now what he uses his eyes to look at. All the filth and all the haram and all the things that totally pollute the heart. Now this ni'mat and bounty of the eye is used to look at all this. So, this ni'mat Allah Ta'ala says will be asked about him. In the sam'a wal basara wal fu'ara, kullu ulaika kana anhu masula. Very your hearing, your sight, and Allah Ta'ala says your hearts. All these things will be questioned about in the day of Qiyamah. And on that day, it is a day when there will only be truth. Because everything will speak. Al yawma naqtimu ala afwaadihim, wa tukallimuna aydihim, wa tashhadu arjuluhum bima kanu yaksibun. Allah Ta'ala says that day when you will see their mouths. And their hands will speak. And their legs will testify what they were made to do. <coughs> all the legs and organs of insan will speak that what it was made to do. So there will be only truth on that day. Nothing can be covered up. So to prepare for that, that this moment is going to come, let me conduct myself in such a way, whatever has passed, to make sincere toba of that. And Allah's mercy is so great, that a person sincerely repents from the depth of his heart with the resolution not to go back to him Allah Ta'ala wipes it out, delete button, one go unlike dunya, they still chase of it left in people's minds and sometimes somebody has forgiven too but they say, I've forgiven but I just still can't come to terms with it Allah Ta'ala's grace is such that it's wiped out, it's gone and Allah Ta'ala wipes it out by His own command. Doesn't even use the, doesn't even command the angels to wipe it out. That they also should not have something one up against the servant. That we did you the same, we deleted it. Allah Ta'ala says, with my grace I wipe it out. With that sincere toba. What is that sincere toba? And then to conduct ourselves in a way that our record is clean. So that on the day of Qiyamah when we are questioned about all these ni'mas, how we use these bounties, the gifts that we have in our physical self, the gifts of wealth, 
that gives them all the comforts and luxuries that Allah has blessed us with. And all the innumerable bounties, the many aspects of every breath that we can take. This is something alone we can spend our whole life making sajda. In sugar levels we can't fulfill the sugar and the gratitude for one breath. Let alone everything else. So to become the true and grateful servants of Allah Ta'ala, this is that a person becomes truly obedient to Allah Ta'ala. This is the real gratitude. This requires that we dedicate ourselves to Allah Ta'ala. We learn what is required of us from Allah Ta'ala. We acquire the true knowledge from the authentic sources. And we give time to learn the deen from the right places. At the same time, we make an effort to bring it in our lives. By associating with the pious, with the Ahdullah, by going out on the path of Allah Ta'ala, by bringing and inviting this Iman within our hearts, so that this reality of Akhirat is all the time in front of us, the reality of Dunya is also in front of us, our focus and destination becomes our